0: the shining halo of her blonde hair reflected in the soft glow of the new moon oh no 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 not that windsor my boy why did you ever decide to write sports for a living you know you could have gone into something interesting like being a truck driver with the open road in front of you and a motorcycle cop in back.
1: You asked me to ride, in ride in my face? It's gone. What are, you what are you doing? What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might be qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? Hey kids, it's your old pal ML Elric back with the Soul of Detroit, and you know, Sean could have done something interesting like being a truck driver, but he just didn't have enough bad jokes about history.
2: So he <laughs> had to shot. stick with
1: sports. Is my mic
3: on? Yeah, it's on. We're taking shots at Matt already. By the way, can Was I just that point, a Matt reference? I guess. Can I just oh. point something out for our our listeners, viewers, whatever uh, whatever you want to call these fine yeah, both fine of folks? Them. <laughs> you so so Mark sitting over here with a laptop. You have uh, paperwork. Yeah. Our guest, uh, esteemed guest today, Kevin has paperwork. I have a, a an empty peanut butter cracker wrapper. Yeah, no, so I, that, that pretty much sums it up. It's not going to surprise anybody. Yeah, yeah.
4: exactly. was another,
5: another long day of research for exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I come ready.
1: That's what happens when they stop ready. giving free food to the sports writers. They have to hit the vending machine on the way to the
3: stadium. Well, this is an old school. It's Lance. You, you'll recall those from the vending machine. Are those the, the
1: orange ones, or is that the toasted uh No, I,
3: I don't like the dye in them so much. But, oh, uh, wow.
1: What? Know, the I food coloring. You're, you're missing something. The, uh, the planters ones, where there's so much grease in the cracker that it's almost like phyllo dough before you get to that... <laughs> That ribbon of peanut butter, is that's fantastic.
3: Listen to you. You could have been a food writer. Okay, Kevin, I'm going to be quiet for now for <laughs> yeah, about 30 minutes. There's,
1: there's they, a lot of pop-ups with yeah, cheese peanut butter crackers. They, uh, the hipsters love them. They're going to
5: put a muscle right, on for, me. Thanks and then for I'll... listening, everybody. That was yeah. a great show. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm
1: I'll sorry, be back I,
4: in 45 minutes. Next up, Marie Osborne, uh, Dana Clark on the fives here. Uh, I can't let this go. What do you mean you don't like the dye in something? Can you taste it?
3: No, no, no. I was just trying to have fun with the fluorescent color, but, uh, you know. It's like eating flaming hot Cheetos only with peanut butter and sugar in them.
1: Oh, so, yeah, I mean, there Doesn't you go. Sound
3: good. Your dietary uh, food coloring is fine. I had a okay. red velvet cake, uh, a piece of red
1: velvet you cake, not it. that long All ago. Right. That's
3: chocolate cake with red dye. So there you go.
1: Showing I'm not, very, I'm not uh,
3: anti-dye. Come on.
1: He's very visually so, oriented, which is why that he'll be starting his own podcast soon. <laughs> <laughs> he's well, I'm certainly not strengths. a part of this one. No, no, it's okay. Uh,
3: I'm going to pull the muzzle out. My choice. I'll be back and- <laughs>
1: So, oh, 30 uh, minutes. Don't, don't leave. <laughs> so, it's probably time for us to introduce everybody. That, that uh, witty repartee uh, didn't involve any member of the cast, but Sean Windsor was there, and so was Mark Fellhauer. And we have a very special guest today, Mr. Kevin Dietz. Kevin and I go way back to our time uh, competing as a print reporter at the Free Press. Kevin was, of course, with the Defenders, and then Rescue 4, and then it was the Dreamweavers, and what was the other branding stuff <laughs> they had? The, uh, smoke them if you got 'em's uh, Catchy little names. <laughs> yeah, at, at, uh, at Local 4. And then at some point, this guy named Steve uh, Wilson comes to town and starts knocking people over, and uh, and I showed up on, on Flashpoint one time in a big fight with, uh, with Adolph Mongo. And I think the news director said, oh, that's what we're looking for, somebody who's completely unhinged. And so they brought me over to Channel 4. And I Careful think, what you wish for? Yes. Well, <laughs> I, think, I think there was this crazy notion that uh, if Elric turns out to be uh, crazy all the time, then uh, maybe we can somehow put the hammer on Deets to take more money or do something else or something like that. And I went to see Kevin on the first day, and I said, hey, man, I'm hearing some stuff about uh, there may be some notion that I'm here to somehow uh, rattle you or replace you or something like that. I said, that is absolutely not why I'm here. And Kevin just said, whatever, man. Just-
3: I know. It started out about you, Kevin. <laughs> no, but, this yeah. is Hold this is second. how it goes. By the way, he did throw the third person <laughs> this in there. Is, so- this
1: is called a backstory. Sometimes these help so people can understand Why is it
3: things. always Elrician? <laughs> yeah,
5: exactly.
1: I- so <laughs> this is... I I actually, I remember remember it that way. Yeah, I do remember it that way. What,
3: that anything starts out, oh, hi, how you doing, Kevin? Let me tell you about you for (laughs) me for 15 minutes.
1: So we just got to the Kevin part. Maybe you could interrupt it on the me part if that was your concern. But Kevin said, do your thing. And over the next 18 months, it became abundantly clear why Kevin was there and why Kevin was going to continue to be there. And the whole time, there was no better colleague, no more helpful guy, and no more generous uh, part of the what we Ruth Ruth to the rescue and rescue 4, <laughs> sort of like Gladys Knight and the Pips except the Pips were almost as big as Gladys. Uh, Kevin was the consummate professional and uh, just you know in in that same position I would have said I don't know if this guy's here to, to screw with me or not but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna saw the boards right out from under him and Kevin was. Kevin was awesome, man. I I actually did not like Kevin that much until we worked together, and I liked him a lot. (laughs)
5: <laughs> I, I do remember that. I remember saying uh you, you came up and said, "Look, I don't know why they brought me here. people are saying that maybe you're I said that many times over the next 18 months. I said, I said, "Hey, let me help you out. <laughs> if you're here to replace me, let me help you out." "Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, you're the relief crew, <laughs> okay. It's great. That's, great. That's right." Yeah, we we were wondering who's going to start squeeging the the uh, peep show after me, so uh grab them up. Ugh. No, I was happy for I was happy for you to
5: succeed because uh, you know, you're coming from uh the newspaper and the stories that you guys were doing, uh, I was thrilled to have some, you know, hard-hitting journalism in the building and get after some stories. If they wanted to get rid of me because of that, so be it. But, you know, I was hopeful that uh, we'd both stick around and start, you know, teaming up on stories. And we did get to do a little bit of that, not as much
1: as we wanted. Oh, yeah. No, every, every, uh, every sweeps period, I would come in with all these ideas uh, they, would liked them them, right? they, they would shoot him down, right? They would
2: shoot them all. Newspaper story as usual, Newspaper wherever you story. are.
1: <laughs> and then, then You're they'd brilliant, everybody else is a fool. But go ahead. <laughs> oh, so, um, okay, Mrs. Windsor didn't teach you any manners. So um, I turned to Ke- they turned to Kevin. And they'd say, "Okay, this idiot doesn't have anything. What do you got, Kevin?" And Kevin's like, "Well, oh, I got this story. I got this story. I got this story." And they're like, "Can you give him a couple of those stories?" <laughs> and I was like, "Guest, can you can you please give me a couple of those stories because I'm drowning here." So in the eighteen months I was there, uh, did not go well. But Kevin Kevin was knocking it out of the park, continued to do so. And so we're happy to bring him here because I think a lot of us who watch Kevin on Channel 4 have heard him on WJR, have seen him here and there. But one of the big questions we have is, what is Kevin Dietz up to? And so we're going to spend some time talking about that, as well as take a, a little survey of some of his greatest hits because contrary to Kevin's uh claims otherwise he did some pretty hard hitting journalism and did some great stories i remember the abortionist story that was friggin incredible and uh and one of my favorite ones of all times <laughs> which i don't know if it qualifies as like hard hitting public service journalism but it was just a great uh law and order story the uh the rapper whose rap songs incriminated him where he, he just like, yeah, I shot this bitch in the face and I hit her body on Mac Avenue and it turned out that's exactly what he did. What was that hey, The song was like called uh, credit card fraud or something like that <laughs> was the title of it. It was testimony. I mean, it was it was like uh, it was like a grand jury transcript with a beat. <laughs> And it was awesome. That it was, it was a great story. What, so,
4: what story do people come up to you uh, that you think they remember the most? Because I think I have an idea what it
5: So m- ML, ML said we were going to talk about old stories. So because I'm old, I had to go back go and back. look some of them up. And uh, so <laughs> I broke them down into the early days, the gotcha stories, uh, okay. stories that went national, and then stories that like are local impact stories, which are like things like I'm proud of or made okay. a difference, that kind of thing. So I'm sure you don't want to hear about any of them. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the one that pops in, in my mind just because of being at Riff and winning. Hold on, golf.
1: Naked Golf. Yeah, <laughs> we knew this was coming. It's, it's,
4: exact- there.
5: it's there under gotcha stories, number one, right there. <laughs> it's
4: got to be the one that people remember the most.
5: It's really not, uh, really? honestly. Uh, at naked the time, bowling really stood out. <laughs> at the time, it was huge. I mean, it was it's July. Uh, ratings are usually in the tank, but it's yeah. a ratings month. And we hit this thing. We, had, we aired 16 stories on Naked Golf in the month of July. That's, <laughs> That's every other lot. day. That's Let me lot. guess.
1: Neil Goldstein was the news director at that time. I don't know if he was... There yet. I don't think he was. I think really? he, I think he came after. Oh, wow. Him. What does
4: that mean? What's that a reference to? Uh
1: Neil Goldstein loved uh stories that had sex in them. In fact, uh just before I came on, uh, you may remember um Mark Santia did the series on former porn star is now a housewife trying to make the transition. I was like, every day there was just a story that was very thinly constructed about this woman with Gigantic fake breast implants, and I was watching him. And I'm thinking, what am I getting myself into? But let me. And guess, then I found out did, later that Neil was thinking of hiring her as a producer, so this was kind of trying to figure out what's going. I on.
5: did under under his guidance. I did do porn in the park, which oh, was a, a three part series. I that do remember that one. We yeah. uh, we found in Metro Times somebody advertising <laughs> for models, and oh. so we had one of the uh, staff and one of the interns apply for the job, and we set up hidden cameras yeah. at the restaurant. And this guy's like, yeah. It'll just be, you know, modeling. And then when they showed up, uh, it never is. They wanted them to be uh, tied up and uh, oh, show pictures. It wasn't complete nudity, but it was weird. You know, they wanted uh, pictures of their feet and different things, and they would be in. Uh, in bondage and uh so we we wanted to play it a little further and and so you know they agreed to be in the movie but they wanted to watch one first so uh so they were more comfortable so they uh anyway they go out and uh it's they pick the spot where it's going to be we go out with our camera crews in advance we're hiding in the woods with cameras and and they show up and they uh bind this woman to a tree and they're having some sort of crazy whatever Whatever this storyline is, I don't know. But uh, we pop out, we pop out and, uh, and uh, start uh, chasing him. It's one of those chases where he was a good mile from his car. <laughs> and we, we just went on and on and on and on uh, chasing this guy.
4: I imagine that did so, really well. so. That's
1: where the Channel Four orientation routine came
4: from. Yeah, <laughs> you got to okay. get in shape. It, it, it did really well
5: uh, in the ratings. I think it was like a three-part series. Uh, but the funniest thing about that story is a year or two later. The guy, he had some crazy name, like a letter. I don't know, uh, not, not like two letters. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think it was just, just clear off, that up. one yeah. of those. But uh, it was a strange name. But anyway, he decided to make a, a porn movie about me, and he called it Channel Five or Channel Six or something like that. In the storyline in that was Channel that, Four that they. They turned the tables, and they knew that this was uh, a ruse, a, a news story. Oh. And so they captured all of the participants, the camera people and me, and they, I don't know, they beat us up and did some other things. But I'd like to get a copy of that uh, if and anyone has teach one you. out
1: there. <laughs> well, the other thing, not, not that I want to hang on the sex topic, but, but people probably don't realize that, uh, that the franchise that made Chris Hansen famous— started with Kevin Dietz here in Detroit and my favorite my favorite line was when the guy came to the door you and and saw you and freaked out and started running and he dropped his bag and you said I thought you were going to bring me wine coolers where's my wine coolers
5: <laughs> yeah I didn't have a catchy name like to catch a predator like Chris did he he did a much better job of branding I'd like to go back and find out what we called that show because we did that we did that sting about six times Creep here the in week. Metro Detroit was uh, something like something computer some boring title or yeah. something I can't remember what it was but um, and I actually got that computer from... computer whackers a former uh, Uh, producer that I worked with was in Kansas City and they were working on that and they called and said hey you got to get with these guys from Perverted Justice you should try this this is crazy so we set it up we were successful right away Oh yeah, we had all kinds of guys come to the door and we asked them to bring things like wine coolers and uh, you know whatever candy bars and whatever and they'd show up with their bag of stuff ready to meet a thirteen year old girl or a thirteen year old boy, whatever the case and uh, and anyway, um, so yeah, we did have a couple of long runs and a couple of guys peeling out in their cars, and, and <laughs> that was always fun the the, the chase, yeah, but uh, anyway, we'd done the story several times, and it kind of just wore itself out. We were telling the same story over and over again after five six times, and so I had called chris Hansen, who's a, a oh. close friend of mine, and uh, I said chris you gotta, you got to do this thing man it 's unbelievable it 's like watching a car accident or something it 's not it's not all right, but you can't take your eyes off it, you know, because yeah. oh, yeah. you, you feel kind of bad for the people who show up. They're, they're just, you know, they're not they're all, pathetic I, well, some are, pre- some may feel maybe, that
4: bad for them. Not that yeah. bad, but I some may be
5: predators, mean. but they're confused for sure. They're, sure. there's something wrong there. Damaged. But, but anyway, he was like, there's no way the network would ever do something uh, oh, <laughs> sleazy like that. <laughs> that's a, that's local TV. And, uh, and then like two years later, he must have been in a pitch meeting and didn't have anything to pitch. And he, he pitched it, and they gave it a try. And on their first try, they caught like 13 people, including like a priest. It's a home a run. Cop and whatever. And it went on. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, Not only was it s- good, story. good
4: television, but um, it became a cultural thing. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. You know?
5: He's
1: been on... Uh, um, uh, South Park,
5: yeah. uh, he's and on right. like
4: Letterman, yeah. the Emmys. He
1: did an Emmy skit with Conan O'Brien. Yeah, it was right. actually really funny. Yeah. Conebone
4: '69. <laughs> that's right. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Conan's uh, handle. So have talked? Did, you, you, talk, did have you
1: get a commission out of that? A finder's yeah. fee? A Mercedes? I think, he, I think he wrote a book about it, and in the book he mentioned. Well, there's that, an acknowledgement. Uh, <laughs>
5: yeah, I think. I, think no, I don't think I got. A, I don't think I got named. I think it was a reporter from Detroit or something like. That. Oh wow! Course. It's Chris. Chris and I have been friends. We were in each other's weddings. We've known each other. Have you
4: talked to him recently? Because I. How's he doing? Because he went, great. went through he's, a bunch of stuff. He's, and he's still great. Re- he's remarried and yeah, he's okay. happy.
5: He's got a, a show, uh, a YouTube show that has seven hundred fifty thousand followers. Wow. I mean, he's killing it on YouTube. He does that cameo, which is pretty funny. I know. Believe uh, me, <laughs> but no, yeah. I mean that's a big business. You wouldn't believe the money he brings in from that. I mean, really, it's, it's really big money. And uh, and then he he produces his own uh, ten part series shows like that are similar to dateline it'd be like yeah. i think he's doing one now murders of michigan the most famous dozen murders and each week it's a new episode and he sells those to discovery id and uh they do really well he did killer instinct with chris hansen i think it was called or some some show wow. like that but he's done four different series like that now and he's he's works for himself and he sets his own schedule and he's making money and he's doing
4: great because Little worried about him. Well, well a lot of st- yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff
5: just collided at the yeah. same time. You know, he lost his job, got divorced. It's just you know, hey, it's a it's and a long course, life,
4: <laughs> and of course because he's Chris Hansen to catch a brother, right? It's yeah, a lot of attention everywhere. Yeah, yeah, when
1: he when he brought that bag of wine coolers, that was a problem. He's doing he's doing great. <laughs> yeah. Chris is doing great. Good. But before we get to some of Kevin's stories, I want to tell you a little bit about somebody else who's doing terrific, and they've been doing it for seventy five years. That's Roy, Roy O'Brien Ford in Saint Clair Shores at the corner of Nine Mile and Mac. That's where my mom got her uh, red Ford Focus Wagon, which she's always bragging about, uh, mainly because, because we borrowed because our car sucks. Um, but hers is great. So if you want to get a new ride, maybe sell your ride, uh, check out a lease. They have new cars. They have used cars. They have lots of opportunities. They do repairs. They'll sell you tires. They'll do service. Go to RoyObrien.com. That's R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com. When you're there, you can check out Fast Track, which lets you choose your vehicle and options. You can pick your deal, whether you want to lease, finance, or pay cash, get the value of your trade, in apply for financing, and schedule delivery of that hot new ride. If you go in person, where you're going to see a beautiful showroom, you're going to see some great cars on the lot, and maybe you can sell them yours because used cars are going Big time. So to learn more, go to com. That's R-O-Y-O-B-R-I-E-N.com. Or call 888-566-5851 and tell them you found out about them from ML Soul of Detroit. Kevin, uh, so back to you. We, we Anson, doing great. Glad to hear it. <laughs> now, what about you? What do you, do you want to talk about stories? You want to talk about what you're doing now? What's, uh, doesn't matter to me. Well, update the us show.
4: The last, the last we knew you were doing, um, uh, with WADL. Yeah. Um, News Now, is that what it was called? Yep, News, News Now.
5: now. Uh, that was fun. Uh, it was a half-hour show. It was on five days a week. And, I liked uh, it. New- it. It was very, very low budget, but yeah. uh, basically I'd call, up, why I liked it. <laughs> I'd call up people and have them come in and we'd talk about whatever's going on in the day or talk about whatever's you know whatever they've been doing. And I, I really enjoyed it. We'd stopped because of COVID. We couldn't have in-studio shows oh. anymore. And so we weren't going to do them remotely. And uh, so we put a pause on it and we haven't come back to it yet. I don't... I don't think we will come back to it.
4: Do you miss There's- television in general? No, not at all. Not at all.
5: Not at all. I really. So I've, I've been at JR for almost two years now. Mm-hmm. I just I fill in for Mitch and um, Guy Gordon every once in a while in that early morning shift, which is tough. Yeah, not for Paul, <laughs> Paul W. <laughs> um, but I have so much more fun in that format, or in like this format we're in right now. Uh, the the whole problem with tv is it's just so short you're you're doing a five minute story three minute story i mean i used to get to do 10 and 11 minute stories you you used to do longer stories than that we could go up to nine
1: minutes if we had man they
5: were you know the consultants wanted them down to two and a half minutes and you're working for two and a half weeks on a story that's two and a half minutes and it's just like you know i mean it it takes longer to put makeup on for the camera than it does to tell such important investigation
4: doing any investigations anymore they're just all the stations seem to have been gutted
5: it's tough. I, they, you know, they have so many hours of TV. I, there's like seven hours of local news on every day, maybe more than that now, and they they're filling it with the same amount of people. So yeah. they just can't take somebody and say, "Go work on something for two and a half weeks and spend ten minutes," you know, doing. I wish they would. Yeah, uh, I wish they would. But you know, the papers have figured it out. The the free press has figured out how to how to work around that problem. I, they're you know they're doing covering. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me like they're covering daily news with um, maybe maybe even interns or, or, or uh, you know a reporter will cover a bunch of stuff. They'll go get the press and bring them back, and write the stories. But then the reporters will dig into an issue and really tell you something. I mean, that's that's worth buying a newspaper for. Um, just you know, getting barrage of uh, a forty-five second headline. You know, and the news reporters. I mean, think you can get that doing, anywhere. Too. Are doing two three stories a day. Yeah. I mean, that's that's hard to. Get in depth when you're doing two, three stories a day. So, it. But you know, hey, they're a business. So they're making money. It's working for them. Uh, people mm-hmm. maybe want just a small dose of what what happened. I'm, I don't know what people want. Obviously, <laughs> 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 but but uh, but you know, but it was a blast doing it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't change anything. You know, 25 years uh, working in local TV was in the town you grew up in was was just a blast.
1: Well, and to make it that long, obviously, my tenure was very short. Uh, TV tends to chew them up and spit them out. So I mean, the fact that you have that that tenure, that relationship with viewers, you get to a point where people sort of, you know, recognize the name, and so they, they have expectations. Um, let, let's talk about some of those stories that you look back on and say, you know, this is this is when I felt like I was doing what I was meant to do, as opposed to uh, I got two and a half minutes to try and explain to people how to, uh, you know, create cold fusion. <laughs> well, all right. First of all, I want to go back
5: to when I first started in TV to start, okay? And that's partially because I have three kids and they are all have just exited college or are, are my baby's graduating uh, in a couple months. And so uh, as I watch them launch into the world, it reminds me of back when when we kind of launched into the world it's kind of a different time than it was back then back then you're, it was like you're okay you're done go <laughs> you know okay <laughs> get out there and uh and you kind of had to be fearless and so i remember uh gra- when i graduated from college i went to western michigan and I immediately took the LSAT to go to law school. That oh, was, damn. That was my backup plan. I did not want to go to law school at all. But my, I have six brothers and sisters. They're doctors and lawyers. Everybody,
1: <laughs> like,
4: you know.
5: And I, I didn't want any of that. Yeah. That's, all that success is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants a lake
1: house? <laughs> right. It's, it's crazy talk. Yeah, you'll never get up there and the maintenance, and you got to take the boat out of the water and put the boat back in <laughs> exactly. the water. Exactly. So I had to deal with my
5: parents that uh, I'd either find a job in TV or I would go to law school. And again, at the time I knew Chris Hansen, he was in TV. My dad was friends with Bill Bonds. I had seen him in TV. So I had this long history of what television news looked like through Bill Bonds and Chris Hansen. And so I, that's what I wanted to do. And I, I forgot while I was at college to prepare for a career in this. <laughs> and it struck me uh, that I didn't have uh, a lot of experience. I was a sports director at Western and I did play-by-play for girls volleyball and girls basketball, which could be a whole podcast. That was a great, great time, <laughs> but but didn't really prepare me for TV news necessarily. And uh, so uh, so when I got out, I went to Chris Hansen and asked if I could shadow him for a couple of weeks. Oh, wow. He let me shadow him at Channel 7 and that was when... Uh, by chance that was when they did the money 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 clip you know uh we're so rich we throw out our dollars it was the is the ybi gang drug oh gang. yeah, yeah oh, very, very yeah, famous yeah, yeah. clip yeah. In, in local media history yes right. and they were so rich they're throwing the money away and it was a crazy crazy time but anyway and the the garbage strike was going on back then uh which people who are old remember and so i uh, with that information, I did these stand-ups, and I, it was so funny because I wore like this big red puffy coat, winter coat, and I'm just standing there, and I'm like... I'm Kevin Deeds, and there was a big drug right <laughs> here on Chalmers Street today. And, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. And uh, so when I sent out my tape to like 200 stations, I got 200 rejection letters and no job. And uh, the clock was ticking, you know. The law school was was nearing every yeah, week. And time so, to go to Alpena. <laughs> so I, I, I jumped in my car. I got a box of tapes. I jumped in my car, and I drove to every TV station in Michigan. And I went right up. Right up. I was going to go all the way to Marquette, wherever I had to go. Um, and I stopped I ended up stopping in Traverse City, where uh, I was offered a part time, like I think it was like fifteen hours a week at TV Seven and Four. But I wasn't going to get to work in Traverse City. I had to work in Sheboygan, which was their other bureau, where nobody worked there's nobody there just me and there's this building there but I think the reason they hired me was because they were spending money to send an engineer up there to flip the switch when the weather was bad and it was cheaper to just hire me to flip the switch and if I did a story that'd be fine too (laughs) yeah don't tell (laughs) IATSE yeah right well I was in the union oh you yeah uh, yeah Uh, so were your brother uh uh, international uh IBEW is that it so So what kind
3: of stories were you doing
5: and so it, like a it a, was funny. So I was, W74, I, I, I had a, yeah, I had a camera and a car and I, um, I, and I took whatever I shot to the bus station and put it on the bus and the bus took it down to Trevor City. And <laughs> so there, I really had no supervision at all.
4: Did and, you like that or were you a little freaked out at that age? Like, Well, were, it was I'm, good I'm for me because up. I was
5: making so many mistakes yeah. that I could, I could fix my mistakes. Sam would love that.
4: Yeah. yeah do so whatever that
0: was you want.
5: great. You know? So, um, so they would say, they would suggest like in the morning meeting, they'd say, oh, they're. Uh, they're fixing up a church in Gaylord or something. Why don't you swing by and and get that? And I go, okay. So I would do that. And then I would call, like, each sheriff's department. There's so much land up there. I mean, it's huge. And some some sheriff's person would answer the phone and say, oh, there's a domestic violence situation. You know, and boom. But boom, I drove, like, Two hours over the Mackinac Bridge, another hour east, got out, did the story. Because I'm just thinking Detroit. I'm like, how do I get a tape to yeah. get back to Detroit? Oh, yeah. And so then I'd drive, uh, I'd drive back, and then I'd tell them what I had. And they'd say, oh, that's really great. Can we get that for tonight's news? Now, from Sheboygan to Traverse City, there's another two and a half, three hours. So I had to drive down there, and then I'd jump in an edit booth where I didn't know how to edit. So I'd be edit, I'd miss the 5 o'clock deadline, miss the 6 o'clock deadline. I'd finally, at 11 o'clock, I'd get my tape in there. There'd be a black hole or two in it. But yeah. but it would get on, and then I'd say, wow, that was great. And then I'd drive back That's to Sheboygan cool, and do it again the next day. It was. It was fun. I, I worked like... I don't know, a hundred hours a week or something doing these stories. And eventually they just felt so bad after a few months, <laughs> they made it. me full time. <laughs> and then they brought me down to Traverse city, which was, which was awesome. How long were was,
4: you at uh, channel four then? Like when did you end up? How'd you get there? So I went
5: from Traverse city. Well, I went from Sheboygan to Traverse city with the same company. And then I wanted to go to Grand Rapids because that's where people from Detroit were getting hired. Mm-hmm. And so I said, if Still I get is. in there, if I get in there, I, I can get to Detroit, but I couldn't get in there. I just wasn't, I was too green. I, I, my stuff wasn't good enough. And so I, I got a job in Lansing. So I went to Lansing and I was kind of the oldest guy there. And I took a pay cut from like $25,000 a year to 17. Well, th- their max pay was 15. And I said, come on. And the guy goes, all right, we'll give you 17, but no raises the whole time you're here. We're on a we're on a freeze. So I, I went to Lansing, took that job and uh, I um, worked um, there for I think 11 months, and then I got into Grand Rapids. Similar story to up north. They said, yeah, you're hired in Grand Rapids. And then when I got there, they said, but we're going to put you in the Battle Creek Bureau. Oh. <laughs> I'm like a bureau guy, I guess. You know? <laughs> so they moved me over to the Battle Creek Bureau, and our our like, our like stories ran on Channel 8 in, mm-hmm. in Grand Rapids, but then we did a whole half-hour show or something in, in Battle Creek that was separate. So anyway, that was fine. I was only there 11 months, and then I got to Detroit. And... I got to Detroit because of Chris Hansen. He got his job at NBC Now, which was a Tom Brokaw show that eventually became okay. Dateline. And uh, Chris had said, uh, he told the news director, he goes, uh, I'm, I'm, going to new york i have all these contacts and if you guys remember chris in detroit he was yeah really well oh, yeah. connected
1: and he said he was uh, considered a newspaper reporter for tv where he just really worked sources and absolutely. just told stories as opposed to you know amazing video or anything like that yeah
5: it was all information and yeah. it was all good information it was all exclusive and basically he told the uh news director he was giving me the pager and i could work the pager out of battle creek or they could hire me in and and, and and go there. And uh, I was up against somebody that Ann Thomas, had, Ann Thompson, Thompson yeah. recommended. And uh, I remember they ended up hiring me after like seven interviews. I mean, I went to every single person. They like had a vote and it was like three thumbs down, <laughs> two thumbs up. And yeah. then they went to the general manager and I had an interview with Alan Frank. And he was like, well, what, you know, you know how are you going to make a difference? And I, I just remember I said, well, Coleman Young's about to die. And when Colin Young dies, there's going to be a new mayor. That means there's going to be a new mayor, a new police chief. Everyone in town is going to be new. I'm new in town. I'm going to go get those guys while everyone else is Good chasing answer. those guys. And, we'll, and I'll, be, I'll be ready. And uh, he ended up, anyway, they ended up hiring me. And, and,
4: uh, it was, I mean, and there was naked golf. It was amazing.
5: And then there was naked, <laughs> golf. There was naked
1: that, golf. That's so different than the hiring process with me where they hired me and then Neil told everybody I hired this idiot. And people like Hank said, what are we supposed to do with this crap? And then, then he started booking vacation in new york <laughs> and I like, okay.
3: uh, did somebody ask you
1: <laughs> how I just, you got
3: hired no i'm just curious this
1: is part of my jedi mind trick to get sean
4: to participate i know if
1: i say something you're immediately going to jump on it so this is this is really uh ladies and gentlemen sean windsor
4: so when you were in your big puffy red coat before you did all that and you said you said it was like a crack
5: uh, yeah it was, yeah it was a uh it
4: was were you scared at all
5: or is it uh, one of those
4: things where you don't know what you don't know?
5: No, I was I, you know, I was more fascinated than scared. Yeah. I was young and dumb, and you know, so you don't know enough to be scared. Have you,
4: you ever like had one of those stories where you had to deal with someone that was a little frightening or like <laughs> a doorknob? KKK,
5: right? Yeah. When I joined, yeah. uh, it, it was actually not the KKK. It was the National Socialist Movement NSM, I believe oh, it was. Yeah. But we went undercover, Mike, and uh, not this Mike, but our producer, Mike. Uh, we went undercover and joined a Michigan hate group, and so. To not be recognized, we went up to Cadillac, Michigan, where they were having a uh, hate
1: picnic. I guess it was called.
4: What, uh, year, what kind of a year was this? this? was, this uh, like, this was uh, probably
1: uh, fifteen years ago. I'd okay, say. so yeah, it was right before I came to Channel Four. I came yeah. in two thousand six. You guys okay. were just doing that series. It was. Yeah, I, it, was I, it was cool. It was I, I, what did they
5: serve? At I, this picnic? So it was. It was interesting. So I grew this beard and bought some stuff German vanilla cake and and crackers. We were undercover, and so we went up there. We didn't know what to expect. No crackers. Who got served? No, they had, they had like, a pie-eating contest at this thing, and they had all these little kids running around, like, blowing bubbles. Like a, It looked like any other kind of community mm-hmm. picnic you might go to, but in the background, they're playing these songs with, like, a beat, like the Barney song or something like that. But it's just like, I hate you, I hate everybody. I, <laughs> you know, it was just, yeah. And then they were selling some items to raise money because they wanted to go to the national... NSM convention down in Kentucky. And so we uh, we got in, we signed up, we hung out, we got invited to the national show, uh, the national thing down in, in Kentucky. And um, Mike went down and he got hidden cameras in and he filmed this entire thing. And um, we'd gotten, in the meantime, we got all the license plates of everybody who attended. We figured out the organizational chart of Michigan and oh, what was wow. going on. And um, and then Mike went and got this amazing video. I could not believe it. Uh, but, you know, they... They they had these huge mosh pits of people in these hate music bands. They're trying to uh, recruit people through music on the internet. Yeah. Then uh, give out music at concerts, yeah, like David Koresh like and the
1: Branch Davidians. It,
5: it, yeah, and uh, but you know they had cross burnings and swastika burnings and all this crazy stuff. And he he brought all this stuff back and and we went through it. And so anyway, through the series of the the reports, we exposed everybody from Michigan that was in it. And I remember we went up to who the leader at the time was because they had someone had left and i think they got arrested or something so someone knew was taking over he was up in the petoskey area and we went to uh um confront him and he wasn't home and like he had a like a little rock garden where, like, all the rocks were in formations of swastikas, like, on the front lawn. And we're like, this how is ch-
4: how charming. This
5: is fairly scary, you know, yeah. like, I don't know. And so then we, then also we see his car go by, so we follow him. And it turns out, it turns out he's a pizza delivery guy. Oh. <laughs> and so we, we confront
1: yeah. him and, uh, clearly, and this, clearly superior to all other beings. <laughs> and this hilarious, like
5: confrontation because for some reason I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of, it looks like we're doing rope-a-dope in the, in the boxy bench or something. I'm just kind of like, like lead it back and then lead it in and then lead it back. And, uh, um, we had done that, but the, the scary part, um, which was your question 10 minutes ago, uh, <laughs> yeah, Sean, where are you? I was going
3: to say, I'm used to it. Was you, you that, tried uh, to beat up Kevin. He's the guest.
1: Yeah. Oh,
5: was that, uh, uh, so the, it, when we aired that, uh, they put out a national message. They said, this reporter thinks it's funny to go undercover and, and oh expose, uh, you know, NSM members. Uh, we'd like to if you'd like to send him a message, uh, here's where he lives, here's where his kids go to school, here's where his parents live. Doxed you. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so they put everything out there and then my phone started ringing like crazy oh, in the middle of the night. You know, the family was terrified. Um but we got the um we got the FBI on it. I lived in Troy at the time Troy police were on it. The FBI uh, uh tracked the phone calls, they arrested people, they charged really? people. Wow. Yeah, they, they 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 got on it. They took care of it. And um uh so it was you know it was a little scary at that point uh especially the kids they had police cars at their yeah. school and stuff like that and it's like wait a minute what you know what i i just go cover the weather i'll go stand on the side of the road tell people to wear hats it's wintertime. put on your gloves and hats yeah, I, Don't I can catch cover a girls volleyball and basketball <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, exactly <laughs> exactly um so yeah th- th- there's stuff like that and of course anytime you're chasing down. A, I mean, we did so many stories on different drug gangs and things. You just, you can't be careful enough on those stories. Even people are just doing breaking news. I don't understand why they stand in front of these people's houses and don't go to the a police precinct. One night we were doing a, 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 a shoot, a little kid was shot. they were like four years old on their doorstep and there was a drive by shooting. So we were out there covering it and it turned out that the, uh, it was a hit on a drug dealer, but they got the wrong house. Of course. And so we're all standing there. All the media is there, you know, 247, free news, everybody. And we're doing our reports or whatever. And while we're there, literally live trucks, everybody's doing the reports. A car comes flying down the street and firebombs the correct address, which is just the other side of the street, <laughs> across the street. What? And, and by this time, police were gone. You know, police were there when they were there, and then they yeah. would go away, and the media would hang out until the live shot or try and talk to neighbors or whatever they're doing. All of a sudden, the house across the street just explodes in flames. You're like, what are we What are we
1: doing? I did mean, anybody just... shoot the drive-by? I mean, did any video of the drive-by? Oh, yeah. Well, the aftermath, for sure, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. did anybody get the car coming by? I mean, you wouldn't know uh, it I at of time. Yeah, I don't I think wonder, so. No, I think everyone,
2: was, everyone
5: I think everyone was hitting the deck, uh, you know. And, wow. But, uh yeah, I don't remember uh if they caught the person or how they resolved that, but it was it was big because you know, I mean every time a child gets shot, uh it's a big story. Oh yeah. And uh so everybody everybody was there. I I mean but yeah, it was crazy.
1: It's amazing how reporters are sent into into dangerous situations. If you're a, a newspaper reporter, you you can kind of blend into the crowd a little bit because you got your notebook and you either pull it out or you put it in your back pocket, but when you're a TV reporter, you're with a massive truck that has a big number oh, on the side of it. And uh, one time we were driving by, and it's rare that you're near another crew, but we were driving by something where Silva Harpedian was covering something where someone had just been, been raped or accused somebody in the neighborhood of rape. And so half the neighborhood was going after the guy and the other half was coming back to say, no, somebody didn't do it. And it was a really tense situation. They were set up in we kind of drove by and we're like, hey, are you guys okay? And they're like, I think we're going to be okay. And like, you guys, you guys go ahead. And this is at noon. This is for like a noon shot. And, you know, it, it didn't really occur to anybody, yeah, this neighborhood's about to boil over. Let's not send somebody over that's like, no, no. We're going to send somebody because that's going to be great video and right. lively live shot, right? You know, something going so, on in the back. Somebody back
5: in their office thought it was a great idea, that it was going to be great <laughs> television.
4: It was not out Someone at
5: Chelsea, I think it was John Carlson, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Sorry, no, it wasn't John Carlson. I think it was his replacement. But somebody, somebody got shot at through the door just a couple of years ago. I think it was ago. John Carlson. Yeah, Is he that? was on the porch and somebody... You yeah, know. some older man was confused and uh,
1: uh, yeah. just shot first, asked questions later. And, and as I understand it, a newspaper reporter had been on the porch earlier and had said, "This guy's unhinged." You know, I wouldn't go up there. It's like, well, right, we got, I got this. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, and he was new to town, so it was like, "Welcome to Detroit." I think he, I think he came from North Carolina or something. Right. So it's like, welcome, welcome, friend. That's crazy,
5: but. Anyway, uh, so let me let me drop one last story on you, and that is uh, when, uh, and I go back to my early days because it just shows how dumb you could be and how lucky you can be. But this was uh, um, Operation Desert Storm. I, I was uh, in my first year up in Traverse City, and I convinced um, management that we should go over and cover Northern Michigan's effort in the war. and uh, And they're like, all right but how are you going to do that you know everybody was trying to get over it. you remember that was like the war that was made for tv you know mm-hmm. right and everyone the was in bed that was and the, the first time yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I <forgot> about that. <laughs> and uh so people were flying over on military planes and i didn't really have a lot of connections as a 22 year old kid in Trevor city so I, I i didn't think much about it i i went and got the um visa that I needed. I went to Chicago and then they sent me to uh, Washington DC and I got the visa for me and the anchor man Jerry Green at the time. And uh and so we were gonna go and so I just booked a plane, like first class uh a plane on British Airways over to Saudi Arabia. And uh I'm like, well hey <laughs> I got my visa, we'll just go. It'll be everything should be fine. And uh nobody seem to have any second thoughts about it and so we uh we went and uh of course we landed and the whole plane's surrounded by armed yeah you know military and we're like "Ooh, this is this is different looking and we get off the plane and uh and uh we get in the line and they're like this is your visas are to be with the military you're not these are no good. You've, you're oh, great. Your no. visa only says that you can come with a military escort. And, uh, and I'm like, and there, there's a language barrier. And, and uh, the anchorman behind me is just like, I didn't want to come in the first place. <laughs> 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 <This> is- <laughs> I'm an Eagle Scout. Does that count? <laughs> and so I just, started, I just started saying, NBC, NBC, NBC. The Traverse, City, the Traverse Station was NBC. Like, NBC, NBC, NBC. And they're like, You can't come in. You don't have the right visa. I'm like, NBC, NBC. And then some guy just appeared. And he took us. He goes this way, and we go, you know, this off to the left or something, and through some gate and into a van, and they drive us over to the hotel where NBC is, oh. where that scud stud guy yeah. was, uh, something yeah. Kent or Arthur whatever his name? Arthur, Arthur, Arthur yeah. Kent, yeah, yeah. and uh, they. Uh, they take us right to a room, like a you know, and they knock on the door. And this guy opens up, and they got all this editing equipment in the hotel room. And uh, the guy goes NBC, <laughs> and he pushes us in, and, and he goes, "Don't leave this hotel. If you leave this hotel, you'll be arrested. You're not properly credentialed." And so these guys are like, "What's your deal?" Like, well, I go, "We got a room because I booked a room at some hotel." Like they go, "You can't go there. You 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 can't leave this hotel. Like you you have to be with the military anywhere you go. Yeah. You're going to get arrested." And I, now I'm like. We're over there. The stations sent their money. I'm certain I'm going to get fired when this all blows up. And uh, and so I I tell Jerry to you know just rest up, take a nap, and I go down in the lobby and I'm like trying to interview soldiers on the payphone. Anybody, just anyone. I'm trying to figure yeah, out I how to salvage this. Like, I'm supposed to do like an hour show when I get back and ten part series or something. And um, we're basically doomed. And we're not talking to anybody back home. We're just and there's no live shots or anything. We're just gathering. Yeah. And so um, so I'm just trying anything I can think of. And then um, the next day, Dan Quayle shows up. And he had had misspelled potato. You remember remember that? that And so they were trying to make him more serious. So they sent him over to Saudi Arabia. And he, um, everyone in the media, like, went to the quail thing. Like it was a big story in the world at the time. So I was down in the lobby of the hotel and uh, the ladies at the guest table said, well, do you want to go to something else? You know, because we have military guided things. I said, sure. What do you got? And they, they had a three day, um, they had a three day ride along to the front lines. Oh, wow. And Perfect. so I, Jerry, get your get your stuff. <laughs> we're headed to the, and they the, uh, Jerry probably was not excited. Now <laughs> I don't know if he was or not, but but he was going. I knew that. And, uh, and the uh, the NBC guys were like, you we're wearing like golf shirts. It's, I'm thinking we're at the desert. I'm I'm so dumb. And uh, it's like 30 degrees at it's night. 22. But yeah. You know, so so they go here. Take your coats. You know. And blah, blah, blah. so we go out, and it happens to be uh, it's New Year's Eve. So we're out there, and we're interviewing all these soldiers from all over. We couldn't find anyone. We just walked around, anyone from Michigan, anyone from Michigan. We're just screaming, anyone from Michigan, we couldn't find anyone from Michigan. So we're just interviewing everyone else and they're doing these New Year's Eve wishes, you know, back to their families and whatever. And, uh, and then finally, we found this one guy, um, I can't remember what his name was, but he was from Northern Michigan. And my gosh, we shot him tying his boots. We shot him <laughs> yeah. going for a walk. The war hadn't started yet. you know, So they weren't doing anything. Yeah. But oh my gosh, we shot so much of this stuff. And I, I just told uh, the anchor man, I said, when we get back, we'll find this kid's family. We'll do a whole hour special on this kid. And then the, the, the troops... Uh, on New Year's Eve, they all got together and did like a, you know, Happy New Year from our family to you, or whatever, and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and then they said, Go Northern Michigan! <laughs>
2: like, oh, you
5: know, like, <laughs> we got a shout-out. And yeah. uh, so, we get back to the hotel, obviously, we're thrilled. And we're bragging to the, the NBC guys. They took all of our footage aired it on the Today Show the next day oh, with uh, with uh, this correspondent uh, who made it just I, I don't know if he's in New York or what, but it looked like he was out there with the troops on the news He's got the field <laughs> <And> jacket on <laughs> and the camo yeah. and yeah, and then it aired all our stuff. I'm like, oh well, you know, at least they're at least they're harboring us for for a few days. So
4: and they gave um, you uh, their jackets.
5: Yeah, they gave us the jackets. It was <laughs> a fair deal. But anyway, we did. We got back and we had we we did our hour special. We had we had found stories. We had, and bosses never knew. Bosses never knew. Never knew. <laughs> Probably still don't. <laughs> but uh, it was just—it's just amazing, though, that you like when you're the, you're young, you just think you can do anything. Like, that's, well, we can do that. We'll just figure it out. We'll just yep. work it out. But man, had we- I wish
4: more reporters today, because there's a lot of young reporters out there would do stuff like that, take some chances.
5: Who paid for
3: the ticket? The British Airways first class ticket.
5: Uh, oh, the sales department sold the crap out of that event. Uh, they, you know, it was the show was sold out, so they they made money on the. They always make money.
3: <laughs> no, but I mean, did you did you buy it yourself? No,
5: the no station no, no did. station did. Oh, the I station. didn't
3: know if you bought it and then they, they did, reimbursed. To, it get
5: reimbursed? No, that would have been. No, I would never have. Seventeenth. Did, was... did you miss the part about seventeen? No, I thought maybe years? you you
3: you sold whatever you had to get yeah, on right. that plane. No,
1: no that no. Wasn't quite that brave. The two hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> credit limit on the Discover card would not have gotten you to. Uh, it's so to, funny.
5: Uh, and I just wanted to get to. I just wanted to get to Detroit so bad. I'd do anything. I I lived on the streets of Traverse City as a homeless person, and uh, I found out that like. Oh, there are no homeless people in Traverse City. so people like so as soon as I was out there, people are like, "Oh my God, are you okay? Come to my home and let's, you know, like, yeah. come live with us. Like, <laughs> here's here's a thousand dollars. What do you need? What is going on here? You know, and and so, uh, but uh, but ultimately, through being out there, we called, we found out like the city has had no homeless soup centers they they oh, didn't, well. they weren't ready for it which was fine cuz there weren't really any homeless
1: people but we found out and that John Engler comes along well we
5: found out there's a lot of people living in their cars there's a lot of people close to homeless there's yeah. you know a lot of people in need so it, we focused on, you know, the, the, the poor and, and the needs and the lack of services for the city. They ended up doing some good things up there in Traverse City because of it. But I was seriously, like, trying to figure out what would a news director in Detroit hire me for doing. That's good, though. <laughs> so, That's so resourceful. It's just – it's just cra- I mean, it was just – it was fun, and, and uh, I don't know, you just – you just didn't care, I guess.
4: What else know? do you have written down? Like for um, along the, <laughs> I'm going back to it again. Or along the naked golf. Uh, oh, <laughs> of the course, gotcha of stories. You are. Yeah, the uh, gotcha. Well, those are those are good. I just yeah, he's like screw the real stories. He yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I
5: like <laughs> them both. We're not going to do anything on those local impact stories. But no, the uh, my gotcha. I wasn't the biggest gotcha guy. We talked about the national socials movement. I have on here. Yeah. We talked about perverted justice, which I have on here. Um, the. Um, you know, I did do one of those judge stories. Everyone had their judge, oh, story. yeah, judge Tyner. I did judge Tyner. They I called I never
1: seen her on the treadmill.
5: They called her Judge Tylenol. and uh, and because uh, she was a pain and the oh. she was a headache because she was always late for work. And so the police and, uh, you know, would have to wait and wait and wait for her to come to work. Oh so, God. so we put a tail on her and we uh, followed her around. She was shopping at Somerset. She was at the gym on the treadmill. And of course, you know, the, the hidden, cam- hidden camera. So those are fun stories to watch. Yeah. I mean, they really are.
4: But uh, ML loves doing. You love doing steakhouse.
5: Oh my gosh! But uh, so anyway, that we, cost
1: her a spot. On that the was Court the of craziest thing. That I, was a
5: big. Story. I had no idea. But so when I went to confront her mm. I'm following her, and she go, she went to this restaurant on Telegraph Road, and uh, it was. A job interview for the oh. court of appeals and she comes out with this guy who i don't know and i don't care who he is because i'm just focused on confronting her i start confronting her and she's like is this like a put-on is this a joke is this a-? like it's no joke you know blah blah. blah. yeah i'm doing my whole thing yeah. rehearsed my rehearsed confrontation right. well, you, you have to have the good line right? <laughs> right you gotta practice that in the mirror and uh and but unfortunately for you're her, you're out of order. <laughs> unfortunately for her, it just she was on a job interview for the uh, for the court of appeals job, and then she no, didn't, your fault. She didn't get it, obviously. Uh, I ran into the judge who did one day, uh, but she had no comment on, on the investigation.
1: Well, and <laughs> as I recall, her uh, her interest in justice was so was so uh, so negligent that when she didn't get the court of appeals job she ended up not running for re-election yeah,
5: she to the tired. circuit
1: she just basically said yeah this feels too much like work now I'm out of here I think they were I think they're fairly wealthy in their family and uh, Well I think her somebody in her family was a major contributor to a governor and that's how she got
4: the appointment
1: the, the leg up and yeah, well, once
4: again not like your fault it. i mean she's right looking,
1: oh yeah hey I, you know
5: just just look, go to, look in the mirror i right, yeah. go to work yeah. <laughs> now it's always your fault ask kwame it's your fault it's your <laughs> fault it's your fault uh then uh, the uh, ml had mentioned the uh, um dr p abortion story which was another great, great crazy story. thing i just in in my head like the hate group i just when i was a young kid I, it was a story that i always thought i wanted to Find out who these people are. Are These people just complete idiots, or are they organized, or what is how do mm-hmm. you know how do these people end up in this place? But so this abortion story, I had always thought or been fascinated about this whole idea of back alley abortions, and do they really happen, and what happens when you're poor and you can't go get an abortion? And so, um, do they? We had That's gotten a, good a tip. Question. Yeah. Well, we had got a tip on the on this guy, and we started following him, and uh, it uh, turned out that he had. Um, He had the equipment he needed, and he would go into abandoned uh, buildings in Detroit, and word of mouth would get around to where he was. And he was charging, like, I want to say he was trying to charge, like, $100 or something, but he would take food stamp cards. He he was a gambler. So after, after we'd follow him to the casino, after... Whatever work, and he would go and gamble his money away, um, but he was ta- he was taking like anything and the, and sadly, there'd be fifteen twenty girls lined up wherever he was set up for the God. day, and he had no nurses, he had no uh you know just the cleanliness that uh, yeah not very position. sterile and no backup plan if something went wrong and uh we we sent in uh, some people with hidden cameras and got it all on all on tape he was uh,
1: oh, he was arrested and deported. Uh, ultimately, good. yeah, and this uh, this was not good. a pro-choice, anti-abortion oh. story. It was strictly about the health of the patients. These, and if you if you saw this story, you'll never forget it. These were disgusting conditions. And when Kevin says they were doing it in abandoned buildings, I mean, it looked like this was in either some place in Syria that just been blown up, oh, or or a garage where you know, for all you know, a rat's going to come running across the patient's feet as they're uh, in the stirrups. I mean, it's pretty. Pretty horrible uh, conditions that was that was a great story
4: you're also uh, very well known because you did a big podcast series on uh, white boy Rick Rick Woshe have you followed that since he's been released? Have you had any contact with Rick?
5: I, I haven't talked to Rick but uh, i I do follow him on social media and I run it seems like every day I run into someone who ran into uh, Rick and he is doing a lot uh, right now uh, in the injustice you know, for prisoner okay. arena, he's speaking. He's doing speaking events, and he's out and about like every day. Uh, I do. I do know um, that he's been doing some like um, autograph signing things. I think to make some money or yeah. whatever. I don't. Know I know what, he did artwork. I don't you know, know what his financial situation is. He's engaged uh, to a great girl. Uh, she's she runs a dealership, car dealership, and uh, yeah, I'm glad he's, you said.
1: He's real happy car dealership because dealing was what got him. <laughs> yes, into yes, ball. It's. Uh, yeah, Did
3: that movie help us profile a little bit, or uh, I th- re-energize the platform, so to speak. I
5: think so, and and he, you know, he calls himself White Boy Rick now and he he probably does. because, because, well, because
4: of the notoriety now now the notoriety is good you can't get rid of it anyway i don't yeah. think i think it's so there it. so why
5: not own it yeah. why not use it um and uh you know he hated that so much i yeah. mean it oh, was yeah. such a you guys had him on all the yep. time and you know it, it he he really wanted to be rick worsey and that white boy rick was dead he was somebody who existed when he was 16 years old and wow, what a horrible thing that happened to him oh my god I mean, just ridiculous just brutal. Yeah. but um yeah, I mean, I think, I think I spent about five years on that story. And, um, you know, it was great to see him get paroled in Michigan, mm-hmm. which was fantastic. And then, you know, he went down to Florida, and they, they made him do every day of the That's two years for, for that part of it, the car theft ring deal. But um, I, every, everyone I've who's seen him said he's just doing great. He's happy, and he's and he's doing what he said he was going to do when he got out. He's going to try and make a difference for people who are still in prison. Good. One of my Give us a couple
1: of the favorite public impacts. Well,
5: I really – I mean, for me, I, I thought the uh, Floyd Dent, William Melendez story was a big sure. deal. Um, RoboCop. Yeah, RoboCop uh, pulled over a man in Inkster and beat oh, the crap out of him yeah. and may, may have planted drugs in his car. Uh, but, uh, you know, that I'd, – I'd gotten a tip about that story, and then I found out that the, the court had a video – uh of of what happened but they had it under seal so it wasn't public so i said well, if i can find this vi-. i didn't really believe the story i guess you know I, I just thought really this guy you know just pulled him over beat the crap out of him for no reason and planted drugs on him like what mm-hmm. why, what's the motive he doesn't know him you know it just i don't know it didn't really add up but i said well let's see what yeah. the video well, the video shows up <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh. I mean, he punches, he pulls him out of the car instantly in two seconds, punches him 16 times in the head. He's a bloody mess. And then, you know, he's walking around the car for half an hour and then he pulls something out of his pocket. I don't know what it was, but something. And then all of a sudden there's a hit with the the dog and they find yeah. drugs. And, and this guy, Floyd Dent, uh, you know, who I've interviewed numerous times, is a wonderful guy. Uh, he was going to prison for like five years. He he was going to prison for assaulting a police officer and in narcotics violations. And, you know, after doing the story and doing all the stuff that we did and all the other reporters did on that story, you know, it turns out Melendez, William Melendez loses his badge. He goes to jail for a year.
4: Um, Floyd dead. and the big thing that came out of that was didn't he do that in another for another um, agency, and then he got moved he, around like, I remember that being part of the story he
5: there were, he, yeah. he wasn't fired anywhere, but yeah. there were there were yeah. federal lawsuits that that said he had done the same kind of thing yeah. several times, and he moved to all these little departments where they don't do background checks right
1: yeah, and he had, he had been part of this uh, Detroit police crew in Southwest Detroit that was accused of shaking down drug dealers. They were actually tried federally and uh, and acquitted. Uh, and he had moved on from there to to uh, some of these other departments until he ended up at Inkster. Um, another story you did that I thought was tremendous was the uh, the young man uh, who died in the in in jail uh, in Macomb yeah. County. And, David Sojewski, Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I see his mother every time I go to Costco. <laughs> she's and she's, uh, she she loves you to death, and and you brought a measure of peace to somebody who uh, had suffered because I think her son was a handful before he was arrested, and then of course. Then he dies in police, in in, in, uh, in jail custody. What, yeah, and, you know, so
5: that ended up being a story that I think is important because I learned something that I didn't know. And I think police learned something that they didn't know. Uh, this guy, you know, he had a drug problem. He was in jail a lot. They didn't, the officers didn't care for him much. He would, you know, he... he he was the kind of guy who would throw feces at the window when you walked by. He was not a great prisoner. He was not the guy in a green mile. Yeah, he was, he was, not, a, he was not a great guy. But he was, he was picked up on a, for not paying a traffic ticket or something. He owed like, I don't know, $100 or something, $150 on some traffic ticket. So they took him to jail. And then they ignored him. Well, the problem with David Stojewski was he was addicted to opiates. And they didn't really know it. And at the time, they know a lot more now than they did then. But they didn't really know the impact of the withdrawal system from opiates. So they were just looking at him as a pain-in-the-butt prisoner. And they just left him there for 14 days. He lost, I don't want to get the numbers wrong, but 45 or 65 pounds in 14 or 19 days or something. And he literally died right in front of them on camera because he was in a cell where somebody has to watch the monitors. And he literally went to his last breath
4: and from was, withdrawal is that what yeah they,
5: it was, yeah it's basically from withdrawal. And, and and as sad as that is and and I, as a reporter i kind of went after the sheriff's department like why are you why are your deputies not helping this person this guy is clearly in need he's naked alone uh is, you can just see him gra- gasping for air until the point where he dies and and yeah they should have done something but but what they were saying and i didn't fully comprehend it was that they're saying it's the medical person's call. There's medical people there. The medical people said he's fine. So they didn't believe he was in pain. They thought he was faking. Huh. And the medical person said, No, he's he's fine. And so they didn't help him. And now they don't. They don't do it that way. Uh, they they now know more about what withdrawal from opiates looks yeah. like, and they have a system where if somebody they go in, they they go in. They don't assume somebody's faking anymore. They assume somebody's injured, and they spend more money. and It's expensive to send someone who's faking to the hospital and get mm-hmm. checked out and come back. and Prisoners like to do that. It's like a little field trip for them to get out of jail for a little bit. So the, so it's 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 more complicated than it might just appear. Like yeah. here's this video of this horrible thing that that happened. Well, that
4: jail had but, had other. Absolutely. Similar case.
5: Absolutely, please. but it was just, just. But looking back now, you know, I, I think that a lot of times when we look at these stories, really, we should bring in a lot of people to say, what's really wrong? Like, what? How do you fix some of these systemic problems? And instead of just
4: that, doesn't happen though. It now doesn't. It's, right. Now it's on to the next story.
5: It, it can be, but I think I think in Macomb County, and I, I, I should go back and check. But I believe they now they
4: have make, yeah. they have
5: a new intake center where yeah. when you get arrested, you come in and they assess you like, what is your problem? Are you violent? Are you hmm. addicted to drugs? Are you, you know, do you have a mental health issue? I mean, thirty-five percent of all inmates have mental health issues. They they now that
1: feels low to me.
5: It but, might yeah. be forty-five. Yeah they, they they'll go to they'll now go to a a jail where they have medical staff who's familiar with those mental health issues. So it huh. can change. It's not easy, but it can, or it can at least get
1: better. Yeah. And that, that was a great story. And, uh, and while it may be expensive now to, to take those extra measures, uh, based on the little bit I've heard what they're going to pay in a lawsuit settlement because of what happened, uh, uh the expense is worth it oh you pay now and save lives you pay on the back end and everybody's shattered
5: yeah, well, I'd, I'd love to see them pay really on the front end and actually help people who have mental health issues rather than arrest them and throw them in jail. <laughs> you know, they could, they could do a
1: lot in that regard of helping people on the front end. Yeah, thanks, Governor Engler. Or addiction. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Good job. Right. A- any last one, Kevin, before we, before we do a little commerce, a little shameless commerce?
5: Nah, were you around for uh, uh, Nancy Kerrigan? Did you get to cover that? Oh, the Why no. me? Although
1: I was in Boston when she got married. Were you, we were, we were Tanya or Nancy? Uh, Nancy. We were, we were in the Back Bay, and we see this big, uh, this big ruckus at, at one of the big churches in Boston. Maybe in Trinity. I'm not sure. We're like, what the hell's going on over there? It Looks like some sort of you know coronation. Like Nancy Kerrigan's marrying her agent. We're like, okay, well, we're going to go to Daisy Buchanan's have a beer. <laughs> And I think we're going to go to Tower Records and Newberry Comics or something. It's like, hey, Nancy Kerrigan, you look like Skeletor.
4: Was that was that the biggest local story, though, that you worked on? 94? 94? I don't know if it
5: was the biggest. It's just the first really big one. Yeah. And I
4: I'd, I'd
5: come to town. I told you I was trying to win over the new administration. And, uh, you know, we had a new mayor, Archer, and a new police chief, like McKinnon. And so I was really uh, getting to know uh, McKinnon. I, I worked the weekend, so I had Monday and Tuesday off. So every Monday and Tuesday on my day off, I actually went to the police station and would just hang out. They'd have these, like, Huh. Coffee and cakes for people who are retiring, and I'd hang out. I'd just sit on their couches, and I got to know Benny Napoleon and the people in front of in the different uh, departments. and uh, And it was great because I was getting stories left and right just by hanging around. Instead of you run over, there's a press conference, you get the information, you run off yeah, to the you're next on thing. deadline. Yeah, if you and if you just hang around, and they appreciated that I was there on my time off. And so anyway, so I got to know Benny pretty well. And when this thing happened, they. Mike was like, Benny, you got this. And he put Benny in front of the national cameras. And Benny became a national star. I don't know if you remember that, but he just had this big smile and he was on it and the Detroit police were on it. He said all the right things. He looked great. And you know, and this was this was the biggest story in the world. Huge. Yeah. And I and I was thinking well, I'm just getting to know these guys. I shouldn't really try and take advantage of this thing. <laughs> and so, like, so I didn't like call them and say, "Hey, I need, you know, what's the latest? What's <laughs> yeah, the school?" What point. i do yeah. now, I'd be like all yeah, oh, 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 yeah. over. I'm like, you know, corner them. You owe me. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, and uh, it's Kev. What's up? Right. Yeah. So I, so I watched uh, Scott Lewis, who was a great reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, and Scott's there, and he's like, uh, "This is what she was hit with." He pulls out this baton, you know. He's like, "It was a baton, like this police baton," and then he starts pounding a pumpkin. This was the baton that they. <laughs> He beat up this pumpkin, and the pumpkin's shattered all over the place. So I'm like, oh, "This is amazing! This is so good!" And then, uh, and then I called, uh, you know, Benny or somebody in his office, probably uh, a Wink, probably sure. Uh, and uh, and I said, "Man, uh, you know, I'm getting killed over here. This Scott Lewis is just killing, crushing this story. Do you, get, you got any crumbs? You know, I can go chase." And uh, they're like, "Well, why didn't you call? Like, we're wondering where you were. You know, what's your deal?" Oh. But they ended up, uh, they did hook me up with. Uh, uh, a rundown of everywhere this guy was. I think it was Shane Stance Stant, was the, guy, yeah. the guy's mm-hmm. name. And so uh, f- from the airport, they gave me the hotel he stayed at across the street from the airport and the room number, and we were able to go over there and kind of reenact uh, where he was and what he was doing. <laughs> I was, was kind of back in the game then, but I learned a lesson uh, Always on, on call. that story.
1: Go. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> Just, there's no, yeah. It's a big story. Just go and get after it. <laughs> yeah, no, if Kevin wasn't leading the pack, he he caught up real fast. I still remember... With the Navigator story, when we broke that, you know, Wilson was doing his thing, we were doing our thing at the Free Press, and we're like, okay, what's next? And we turn on Channel 4, and Kevin's there with the Navigator. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, so that's what we do next. <laughs> we do try next. and figure out where the auto theft unit has tucked the, the Navigator away, and there's Kevin's like, I'm here in this garage, and he was, you know, I was like,
4: shit! Oh, that must feel so good. <laughs> my, yeah,
5: my... my well, you know, everyone remembers you from the Kwame story. Everyone remembers me from the Kwame story. When you talk, it's not Naked Golf. It's always Kwame, you know, and everybody. That was kind of the thing. I was telling Charlie LeDuff about this because he's like, he goes, I missed the Kwame thing. I said, well, the thing about... But he's the only reporter doing stories now. Well, I said the thing you need to know about Kwame is it takes all of the media from all of the agencies to take somebody really big down and you and you don't have that anymore you don't really see yeah. it. somebody has a story and then everyone just kind of stays away from it nobody really digs all in and i guess you know when it's the mayor everybody digs all in but um obviously you guys getting the text messages broke the thing wide open it's why you want a pulitzer and all that but for tv purposes we we had the gotcha Part of that, where we I had gotten a hold of the letter that he had written to Judge David Groner saying he only had six dollars a month to live <laughs> on, right. and so I went to my bosses and I said, I need to fly down to Texas and follow this guy around and see why he's so broke and, and why he only has six dollars to pay in restitution yeah. to the city of Detroit. So we flew down with hidden cameras, and he's living in a mansion bigger than the Manoogian. He's driving around his uh, Escalade down there. Um, he's got he'd bring the car which steals garbage, which is what all. Reporters do. And he's got all these uh video game boxes, just tons of video uh-huh. game boxes and stuff. And so he never j- went to his job. He was supposed to be going to his job for Peter Yeah, yeah. Covescent. So we every morning we were at Covicent, no Kwame, go back to his house. There's Kwame at his house, and he'd go out for lunch or whatever. So him were around.
4: you were you the ones that revealed that house? And it was in yeah. South Lake, right? I
1: think the free press was the first to reveal that he was That's living right. in that house. Yep. And then we went <laughs> <But> down out. <when laughs> but Kevin went down and said, uh, yeah, said no, here's the house.
2: Yeah. Well we
5: followed him around for like four four or five days. And, and also, while I was down there, I uh, happened to get a phone call, and it was like our last day uh, from Art Blackwell. And, oh, God. Uh, and uh, he's like, what you doing, Kevin? I'm like, uh, well, you know, believe it or not, I'm down here – following the mayor on hit camera we were coming back so i didn't care yeah, at this point you know the promos are promos are ready to run yep. and uh and uh he goes he goes you got it all wrong kevin you know you really should talk to us i'd love to talk to him uh, you know if you want to make a call and uh, he said well just go he said hold on he called me back he said go over to his house and uh he'll come take the garbage out or something you know and you can have a talk with him so hmm. i pulled pulled back up there and kwame walked down the driveway and uh we had a uh, ten minute conversation and it obviously made the story ten times bigger than it would have been. Um but uh but it was it was pretty interesting. Just another little dumb luck uh timing thing but uh yeah. but it worked out and uh um so then he that's where I got the he got the thank you when, when he when he got cuffed in Groner's courtroom. That's right. He turned around and said thank you, Kevin. He was <laughs> he was he was he thought that Again, it was my fault, because I had I not gone down to Texas and showed that he was living yeah. lavishly oh, yeah. and could have used some of that money to pay back the people he ripped off in Detroit, that somehow it was my fault so again, that he was he in it. trouble for violating his uh, probation.
4: But, that was uh, around the same time, too. Didn't Carlita get busted at her job with the petty cash? No, that-, that, that, that
1: was <laughs> that years <laughs> later. Oh, that was years I, later. Yeah, okay. But, but the, the funny thing is, after that story came out, uh, Kilpatrick's lawyer said um, – because because we had reported on the uh, on the, uh, the 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 plea of poverty too and he said you know you guys got that wrong and I said well what do we get wrong i mean it's a legal filing you know i mean it's we quoted from the the document that you wrote how could we've got some more? <laughs> he said he said i didn't say the mayor could only afford to pay 6 dollars a month i said he only had 6 dollars a month left over and i'm like and your point is like we weren't offering the six dollars. We're just saying. I said, "So wait a minute. Wait, a minute. you want a correction because you're saying he's only got six dollars and he doesn't want to give you the six dollars?" <laughs> he said, "That's about right." And I said, "Well, good luck in court because yeah. that's a winner. That right. argument's going to bring home it's the really, prize. Yeah, it's really going to go over well." <laughs> yeah, it's like, and and of course he, he did he did uh, he did get sent back. So yeah.
4: Well, where where can uh, people find you now? I know you're doing stuff at Jr. He's yeah, doing the homeless thing again.
1: Uh, yeah,
5: right. It's, it's, you know. uh, actually, I,
4: to pay the bills, I do, uh, I'm do. i a media consultant, so I have,
5: okay. a, uh, I have a job. It's DeetsConnect.com. I help small businesses and big businesses with crisis media and some PR. You I, I, I do a little go- show- up. I could coach you guys up a little okay, bit. Okay,
4: quickly, what do you think of how the governor's handled the whole uh Trip to Florida.
5: Oh, fantastic. If you're in the TV (laughs) news business, business, fantastic. Look, I tell you what, I I don't know if she talked to anyone before she went or not, but what an opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to show everybody how you're supposed to do this if you have to do this. I'm going to rent a minivan. I'm going to go down. I'm going to see my dad at a distance outside Mm -hmm. and come back and, and be a leader and show how, if you're going to do that, how you're supposed to do that. And and make it a publicity thing that that helps you out, and say, "Look at the yeah. governor." That's how you're supposed to. If you got to go visit your dad, we don't think you should, but if uh, you she have has to, death
4: threats, she can't do that beforehand.
1: Yeah, well,
5: well she, she did get death threats. I mean, that I, was
4: legitimate. I, you know, I understand that, but now after she, the fact, she could
5: have driven down. She she should have driven down, and she should have shown people after she got back. After the fact, what, what she, she did, and uh, and then, of course, you know you just keep
1: covering stuff up, it just keeps coming yep. out. She has not been well served by her media advisors. Not one bit. And this isn't the first time.
4: But then again, maybe they're doing what she wants them to do.
1: Uh she's just she's just making mistakes. <laughs> she's left, left
4: and right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So Deets Connect and you're on Twitter and
1: Yeah, all that good stuff. stuff. Yeah, we'll, nice. we'll have a link on our website, mlsolvedetroit.com Uh Kevin, thanks for coming in. It blast. Uh blast. We'd love to have you again. I guess the other part I left out is that I was filling in at WJR and then Kevin <laughs> came and put me out of that job. So there it revenge. You know, they, a little yeah, revenge. That's there. right. It's like, yeah. you know, so I, I like should how can, how can I, I should have killed the again? king when I had a chance to kill the king. That's the lesson here, but uh, you can catch him on WJR. He fills in on all the shifts and uh, of course uh, Check out uh, what he's up to on social media, and uh, we'd love to have you back again. Because when yeah. we're talking about great stories and how to do them, uh, you know, we, we, we could never cover that in one session. So uh,
5: yeah, no, it was really so. it was really fun.
1: So let's 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 do that again. And um and for those of you who uh who uh, don't know much about journalism or about advising politicians, but uh, you need a good haircut. Oh yeah, what, what get- a what a, what a, what a Professional I know where transition. they can go. Oh, they can go oh. to Lady Jane's. I just was sort of spitballing, but I guess well, you know.
4: I guess there is an option for. People like to help out the there. people out, so uh, Lady Jane's will get you looking and feeling like a king. Go to Lady Jane's. They got a new one in Grand Blanc on Saginaw Road, just south of Hill Road, right next to AutoZone. You can have uh, one of their talented stylists give you an award-winning haircut, invigorating shampoo, hot leather neck shave, hot towel treatment for just. $16. bucks. do not procrastinate. Keep your hair looking its best. Uh, get to any of the new Lady Janes. Check them out. Ladyjanes.com uh, And the new one is in grand blank right now. That's what we're talking about. It is Wicked Awesome. It is probably helpful if I had this potted up. It is Wicked Awesome. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth.
2: I do that?
4: What a dork. Does
2: him wanting to play with us again mean that he's
1: turning into a geek? This week's Geek of the Week is a boss who does not care about helping people make money, save money, basically uh, manage their business. But before we get to that guy, I want to tell you about somebody who does care about you and your bottom line and your pocket. That's David Hall of Hall Financial. He's a sponsor of all the shows here on the Red Shovel Network. And right now what he's doing is he's helping... Keep us on the air, and he's also helping you save money. Rates now, uh, mortgage rates, are in the twos. Uh, who knows where they're going to go? I would not wait too long no. to uh, to take advantage of this. So call today and find out how much a refi could save you every month. Of course, you know that when you do a refi, there's some paperwork and there's a bit of a lag. So you're going to save one or two payments right there. That's money in your pocket immediately. And then once you uh, get that lower rate, you're going to save money every single month so click on the link for hall financial on our website which will take you to their website or you can give them a call at 248-308-5000 that's 248-308-5000 and if you give them a call make sure to let them know that ml sent you and mls 1467435
4: yeah who's your geek
1: Oh, Let's Hear about this geek. Now that now that Sean's gone, I feel safe.
4: Um, <laughs> I know, just an empty, that's, empty chairs a nice shot. Look at that. It's there relentless. it is. Relentless. That's, that's how you prefer Sean, right there. That's right. Empty. We just
1: said um, uh, if there's ever a picture that that captures his <laughs> contribution, the sh- oh, I, so we're just talking about CEO uh, of Kroger, Rodney McMullen, who can't seem to get it right. He started off pretty good, uh, recognizing the risks that his employees were exposed to by keeping the shelves full and helping keep America from starving in the middle of a crisis that we hadn't quite grasped. So he gave a hero bonus of $2 an hour to his workers. Seems pretty righteous, seems pretty fair. And frankly, of all the businesses who were in, uh, in danger during the pandemic, Pizza shops and grocery stores seemed to be pretty safe, and so he was wise in recognizing that and keeping his workers coming in and exposing themselves to risk. But after two months, he pulled that raise, and that was kind of shithouse. But guess what? What? Now we learn that during that year when he dangled that little bit of an incentive out and then snatched it away, he pulled in $22.4 million. That's the most compensation he received in any year since becoming CEO in 2014, and while Rotten Rodney was raking in a 6% raise, it turns out the median employee salary for people at Kroger's fell by 8%. So Rodney, while putting the green in your pockets and keeping it away from the folks who put the green on the shelves, you, sir, not only got $22.4 million dollars, you gave us twenty point two point four million reasons why you are our geek of the week.
2: See you again. <laughs> there's an all night party and seven six oh nine. It, oh, line, 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 line. You can dance together all night. If you've got the time. Line,
4: Before you uh, come on into room 7609, you got to have a good strategy. My key's not
1: working. What? It's one of those swipe keys. They never work. i got to go back to the front desk. Mark, take over for a minute.
4: <laughs> I want to tell you about investing. Overreaction, it's not the best strategy. If you're going to invest long-term, neither is uh, burying your head in the sand and hoping everything just turns out fine. you got to call someone who knows what they're doing. And that's Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748, Rational Financial Advice. We're coming out of COVID. What does that mean? Where should you put your money? Just let Luke figure it out. Stocks or bonds, 401ks, 529s, all that fun stuff. Once again, Luke Nowacki, Pinnacle Well, 248 663 4748. He will make it all about you. Sweetheart.
2: Securities and investment hey! advisory services I didn't even
4: give him the Royal chance. Alliance
2: That's Associates my line. F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. <laughs> <laughs> Royal Alliance Associates. is separately
4: owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services reference here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates. Kevin was so good, I couldn't spare one second.
1: I know. I know. We got to keep it tight. They only gave him two and a half minutes. We gave him an hour. So take that, broadcast news. <laughs> so um, it's interesting when you're running for office, you get donations from people that uh, that surprise you. And um, I got a donation from a guy who I once competed with for editor in chief of the state news. Ooh. And I was uh, filling out one. Uh, well, I won the popular vote, the people's vote, but he won the boss vote, and that was the end of that. Did oh. you do
3: the Geek of the Week?
4: Yes. Okay. While well, you're upset, it just happened. It was a live. We live, were working on air reads. conditioning. Good. Just good, entered good,
1: the good, room, good, good. Um, and so no, I've
3: just developed the flu while sitting here. But uh, <laughs> he's freezing, and I—I I I probably. Heard I was time. trying to figure out why it was only cold here. I finally walked over there and realized that the the air is blowing over the top and then dropping here. You know, because yeah. the cold air falls, and you don't feel it. And Kevin didn't feel it. Thank goodness we don't want to treat our guests to the
1: no. I I felt the instant it's,
3: flu that way.
1: My, my passion for entertaining and informing just keeps me warm. It's like
3: being in a hotel room in the summer in a in a cheap one when the And the air's just blowing right on one person. Right on you, yeah. 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 And you wake up with uh, a sore throat and Legionnaire's disease.
1: (laughs) Wow, so remind me not to go on the (laughs) Windsor family vacation next year. That doesn't really sound like something that they're booking through. Oh, but anyway, uh, sorry Sorry to interrupt. interrupt,
3: I'm I'm glad the the Geek of the Week is done. So good. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Uh, Actually, I was just going to, is the Geek of the Week done? Or did you have something else? Oh, as-
3: fuck it.
4: Oh, fuck it. Yes, that's your answer. That's your answer to everything.
3: The bombs lost.
4: Your, your revolution is over, Mr. Windsor. Condolences. The bombs lost. My <laughs> advice to you is to do what your parents did.
3: Get a job,
4: sir. The bombs will always lose. Do you hear
2: me, Windsor? The-
3: <laughs> always lose. When did you put that together?
4: Just not when you're upstairs. Uh, ad lib, that's awesome. That's uh, a little impro- not ad lib, uh, a little improvised. No, we uh, ML knew that you would be shitty sometime today,
1: so I knew that uh, <laughs> I knew there'd be an opportunity to. That's nice for a little a well crafted production.
4: That's nice. your donors.
1: Anywho, so uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, so I'm writing. Your donors. I'm writing a thank you card to this gentleman, and I realized. That in addition to sending a thank you, uh, at some point I should go through my CD collection and return a CD that somehow, uh, through means that uh, I don't exactly recall, uh, was conveyed from his possession to my possession, and that CD was Tones on Tail. And one of the great, great Tones on Tail tunes is a little ditty called Go. Go.
4: Oh, you want to hear that part? Sorry. I, I love. <laughs> you never like talking out a song, do you? you no,
1: know, no. I, I don't even like stepping on the intro because whenever I used to record music off the radio with a cassette, I'd always get the damn uh, the damn DJ talking. But you and Rob Walchek told me that's the way it's supposed to be—that yeah. you're supposed to hit the post just before. Gotta, the lyric starts, but I, I gotta like keep it tight, man. Like no to time have, to waste. I like to have the whole. We're wasting time. Speaking now. of which, <laughs> so let me let me just tell you a little bit about uh, Tones on Tail. It was sort of a side project of Daniel Ash, who was the guitar player from Bauhaus, that he formed with uh, a roommate and a roadie for Bauhaus, and uh, kind of got things going. Then Bauhaus fell apart, and Kevin Haskins, the drummer from Bauhaus, became part of Tones on Tail. And they put out some really great music. Their their uh, their very limited catalog is all top-notch stuff. But then Kevin and uh, Daniel teamed up with David J, who is uh, Daniel's brother, who plays bass, also uh, a uh, refugee from Bauhaus. And they formed Love and Rockets, who you've heard here before in Room 7609, who's uh, Big radio hit was so alive, but they had so many more good tunes. And then, of course, as bands often do, they split up as well. But Tones on Tail, great driving beat. Uh, there is a local connection uh, via Hollywood, so I guess it's not really local. But you would have heard this in the uh, dance scene at the high school reunion in Gross Point Blank, uh, which, of course, was not filmed at all in Grosse Pointe. But, um, but Tones on Tail's great side project just terrific driving music um some people would say it's post-punk less than new wave but i
4: I disagree i've never i never heard of the band before but that song sounded familiar so looking it up not only was it in gross point blank it's been in beverly hills 90210 it was in the movie party monster which is a good movie if anyone's seen it uh ford used it in a commercial uh rick and morty used it in a promo it's been sampled in other songs so it's been been reused a lot
1: so if if you know anything
4: about my cool viewing song. habits, you know that's
1: all it news to cool me because I haven't seen no, any I of those shows. But uh,
3: yeah, my college roommate used to listen to that all the
1: time. That's uh, a cool song. Uh, love on tale was awesome. I'm so sorry that they broke up, except that well, they got all the other bands. Except they it. turned into Love and Rockets, and Rockets which yeah. I also love. So that that was that was great. Anyways, Room 7609 is the place where you will find those new wave groups that you never heard of before, or the hidden gems in the catalog of the new wave bands that you thought. You knew so well. We have some suggestions we're going to try and queue up in future weeks. Please contact us at mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com. With your suggestions for Room 7609, you can also call and leave a message for us with a suggestion. The phone number is Butterfield 89070. That's 313-288-9070. We we love to get your feedback. And if you want to show your, your Room 7609 pride, Check out one of our, uh, our super cool motel keychains. I guarantee it's, it'll unlock a slightly nicer room than Sean's used to. Uh, <laughs> Legionnaire free. Uh, you can get that at drewandmikestore.com. Uh, William, who's a big fan of new wave music, uh, not, only, uh, not only checked out our uh, various websites, he donated, Ooh. which you can also do at mlsolvedetroit.com. And he sent us a double sawbuck along with this note. Room seven six oh nine suggestion. Feel free to give Depeche Mode a rest. Mm. How about some American new wave like the B-52s? Yeah. yeah. Strobe Light, Fifty Two Girls, Mesopotamia. Uh, William, I, I totally agree. Uh, B-52s are awesome. Those may be a little too well known, but we will uh we will scour
3: <laughs> They'd be too enjoyable. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> William. We would we Mesopotamia, would. by the way, is a great, great song.
1: Oh, there's a there's a lot of ruins in Mesopotamia.
3: Yeah. Okay, where's Cyrus, by the way?
1: Uh, He's waiting for you outside the door. So you go first. (laughs) We time this. You know, there are other
3: shows on the network, blah, blah, blah. What else? Oh, yeah, that'd be great if you all donate. Are we about done
1: now? So you wanted to rush this, right? So you just reiterate everything we just said, but I'm not sure how that accomplishes your goals. But anyway, we will scour well, that gonna B-52's have,
4: catalog. We're going to have to save all that wonderful feedback about Sean for next week, I guess.
1: Oh, yeah. No, we, we have... lots a uh,
4: great Sean feedback. There was no feedback about me. Uh, tons. None. You don't see it. Yeah, no. There's there's two there's two uh, there's two uh,
1: two show preps. There's the one that we do, and then there's the one we do that when you get here. So when he
2: eats
4: uh, his crackers,
1: one is one is a little more elaborate. Um, I, I want to put you on alert, folks. Our pre-sale for our sweet ass soul of Detroit bike is uh, is wrapping up soon. You have until the end of the month to order one of these custom handmade in Detroit bikes. There will never be another bike like this, and uh, I don't want to be the only one riding around on one. So please go to DrewAndMikeStore.com and pick out your own Soul Roll Patrol bike. It's super cool. It's made in collaboration with Detroit Bikes. Uh, If you buy one of these bikes, you have two delivery options or two two, uh, possession options. One is go pick it up at the plant, in which case the owner, Zach Pashick will give you a tour of the Detroit Bikes Facility on the west side. It's a cool tour. I've done it. You should definitely check it out. Or, if you're willing to pay a little premium, I will deliver the bike myself. and uh, Or Sean will, um, if he <laughs> survives won't. the Legionnaire disease. Uh, and he will nice bring bell. some crackers.
3: Sure, crackers, milk duds. So,
1: yeah, some, some, uh, some uh, sorbit and uh, a little... Uh, red a licorice. Little, uh, oh, do you do the nibs? Do you like the strawberry red licorice or the cherry?
3: I like them both. Okay, I, I like everything. I definitely did, did. You guys see the movie Whiplash?
1: We are so positive. Oh I, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. We were trying to rush this. But well, no, tell us about Whiplash.
3: It's a two seconds. Uh, the the dad, Paul Reiser, right? They takes his son to the movie. They get a bag, a big tub of popcorn, and mm-hmm. they take the what is it? I can't remember what the candy is, but they dump it on top of the popcorn. And that's how they eat it. That's cool. So, so maybe you would like to try that, Mike.
1: I think I might like to try editing that portion of the show just <laughs> to keep this under 90 minutes. <laughs> no, no, no <laughs> oh. I'm trying to say we're done. Yeah, I mean, if, if if that's your menu suggestions, we were done a while ago. I um, want to tell you a little bit about something going on this weekend. Uh, May 22nd, the Motor City Makeover. If you would like to join me and my team in cleaning up Detroit, send me an email at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. We will give you an assignment to help us clean up the city of Detroit. In addition to that, you will get a free campaign t-shirt. They are super groovy and you'll get a feeling of fellowship and an accomplishment. So please join us as we try and clean up Detroit this Saturday, May 22nd for the Motor City Makeover. Um, if you, uh, you want to support my campaign, you can donate. Uh, go to ml4detroit.com. That's ml4detroit.com. And uh, you can learn more about the campaign how to volunteer, how to donate, how to help make a positive difference, and how to bring positive change back to Detroit. And uh, every donor will get a sweet, union-made ML for Detroit thank you card. And if you want to follow us on social media. It's uh, ML for Detroit on all platforms. I was going to ask Sean what he's up to, but apparently it's it's battling some sort of disease he contracted at a no-tell <laughs> motel somewhere when he was on the road. Um, and I just want to tell you that one reason why we got to get out of here is so that we can make room for the Drew and Mike show, which is the leading uh, uh, you know intellectual property of the Red Shovel Network. So check that out, and if you got some spare time, see what that crazy crazy cat Charlie Ladoff is up to at the No BS News Hour. It's a Little itty bitty show on the network we're trying to boost up with our massive audience and uh, an obvious uh, obvious appeal to uh, to the masses and um, sex and appeal that, and with that I don't know, I don't know it's just it's just appeal
4: anything else to add Sean no
1: do you want to do you want to invite our friend in to take us out
3: Cyrus Cyrus or is it Siri? Cyrus whoa wow. Siri Cyrus start over Cyrus take us out
4: can you dig that can you dig it <laughs> can you
0: This is the last chapter to a story I was afraid might have an unhappy ending. Mark Felhauer's Father's is free. The district attorney has... wins, Windsor. In the stolen jewelry and Johnny? Hmm. Johnny is out of the hospital.
4: Mr. Elric. Uh,
0: uh, what did you say, Johnny?
3: I said you might have been killed going up to the apartment like that.
0: No, I was safe for the DA just outside the door.
3: Gosh, and you figured it all out by yourself.
0: No, you helped too when you telephoned me. And I hate to mention this kid, but uh, did you bring the $18 with you?
3: Sure I did. I pay off, you know. Here.
0: Oh, uh, thanks, kid. I I was just a little worried.
3: I was going to pay before Mr. Mr. Elric, but I didn't think he needed money that bad.
0: I uh, needed it to put with this check. Uh, Here. There was a $500 reward for recovering the jewelry, and it's going to a bank account for you.
3: $500? Gee...
4: Gosh, I guess I'm rich.
0: Johnny, what are you going to do with all that money? Well, the first thing I'm
4: going to do is take you out and buy you... The Soul of Detroit Bake.
0: Next week, same time... I'm Al Alrick. Stars as Dan Holliday and...
4: The Soul of Detroit.
2: (laughs)